1: And welcome to Nerdat Recaps, Game of Thrones with Peter Seigel. I am Greta Johnson here with Trisha Bobita and, of course,
0: Peter Seigel, who is crabby.
1: Oh, I am cra- just
0: everybody knows
1: Peter hates Monday. Oh,
0: I do, much like Drogon. No, <laughs> I, I had mechanical troubles this morning, uh, and it was a crappy episode. Oh,
1: I really, really liked it. I,
0: not only did I know that it was a crappy episode, but I knew. That you would disagree.
1: Really? Well, I, I guess that's...
0: I, if, if I did that, I would have been making yawn marks all over my notes. Really? Yes. And huh. we, can, we can discuss why. Yeah, that's interesting. What yes, do you indeed. think of it,
2: Tricia? I liked it fine. I mean, yeah. I didn't think it was my my favorite episode or anything like that, but I, I liked that things are starting to happen. People are coming together. I think there were some storylines in this episode that felt like there was more movement than others. Mm-hmm. I'm a little tired of just watching Danny do the same thing over and over and over and yeah, over and over for and over sure. again. Oh, you think we'll get to that later, for sure. Yes. Oh,
0: and now Danny shouts more at the Dothraki and says bold mm. things.
1: Make the Seven Kingdoms great again. Yes, <laughs> kind of what that she said. That was kicking
0: around Twitter. I
1: think partly what I really liked was the pacing of it. There was a lot more back and forth between each place where I think in former seasons, they probably would have played out everything that happened in King's Landing in more of like a one big chunk Mm -hmm. as opposed to seeing it in three separate pieces throughout the episode. And I kind of thought that it gave me a better feeling of pacing through the whole thing.
2: Feels a little more like TV, a little less like a book turned
1: Mm -hmm. into TV. Yeah, I feel like stuff was happening more. Yes,
0: except the stuff that was happening was both lame and predictable. And in (laughs) fact, I predicted two of them. And the fact that I predicted two of them Gives me no satisfaction really? because I want them to be smarter than me. I predicted that uh, this Sam... This is the
2: nerd quandary. You want th- to be right, but you also want to be surprised.
0: Exactly. <laughs> the, the two things I predicted were, was Arya deciding to not go through with the assassination uh-huh. of the talented actress and light out on her own. And the other thing I predicted was that Sam Wells' idea of bringing a gilly back to his family was not going to work out. <laughs> In much the same way that I anticipated it would not work out. So I'm like, oh, you're doing what I expected.
2: All right. Well, yeah. Mr. Krabby Pants. All right. <laughs> Let's make sure everyone realizes. Here's a
0: happy thought. It's it's Trish's birthday today. Yeah. This is the special. Tis my name day, yes. T- tis your name day.
1: <laughs> Happiest Trish's. of name day. Yes. A great many returns
0: unto you. What do they do on name days? I mean, we know we call them name days, but what is it like a, I mean, we know what the weddings are like?
2: Well, when it's the king's it name day, there's tournament. So I would like the two of you to joust. Oh, <laughs> oh really? we
0: will, we will.
2: <laughs> we are talking, of course, about season six, episode six of Game of Thrones. The episode is called "Blood of My Blood." Shall we start? On our northernmost point. Yeah, you know, one, another thing
1: that I thought was really interesting about this episode is that we very rarely go from where the action happens in the end of the last scene right back to the middle of the action in the beginning of the next scene.
0: That's true.
1: Which I thought was kind of cool. It's like, oh, here's an exciting thing that's happening that we were wondering about from last And time. now we get to see what happens
0: next. That's we don't have nice. to wait. And now, look, it's another person and or thing riding up just at the minute. They need to ride up to <laughs> wow. save our heroes. You How really many times annoyed. has that happened? The last time we saw it was Brienne rode up to save uh, Sansa and Theon. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the whole Drogon showing up at the end of last season to save uh, Daenerys and her court. People, I mean, have we ever seen a moment where, like, somebody is about to be killed they look around. Where's the person riding up to save me? <laughs> Nobody shows up and they get killed.
1: That would be a pretty fun little parody. Yeah,
0: that would be. Easily. So, yes. So, um, that was Ben Jen.
1: I was pretty excited. because. So, is this Cold Hands? Can we agree yes. that this is Cold Hands?
0: Trish is like, yes. Tell me why you are so certain that is Cold Hands. Do we need to explain that there is a character in the book who, who would have shown up in the plot if they were following the books? He helps um, Bran and his company get north of the wall called Cold Hands, who seems to be a mystically resurrected member of the Night's Watch. A ri- nice zombie. A, yeah, a nice zombie. And and nobody in the books identifies him as Ben Jenner, in fact, clarifies who he used to be at all. Here last night, a similar character showed up, not riding an elk. But, but he with, did
2: have a cool fire mace.
0: He did have a cool <laughs> fire mace. Is that um, what that's called? There, the I, I, the, I like the, the, I like it. The fourteen year old me deep inside, this very old middle aged uh-huh. me, <laughs> who used to be into such stuff, almost leapt up to correct you and say it's not a mace, it's a morning star because it's on a chain. But I beat him back. <laughs> the <morning star. laughs> but then he came I said, out get and get went... <laughs> back down there, you you be acneed virgin. I want not <laughs> oh, to hear from no. you again. But sorry.
1: I have to say, I was pretty excited about that because I called that Benjamin was going to be cold hands.
0: You did call that.
1: Yeah, I yeah. thought, I mean, ever since reading the books, that whole, like, Benjen just going missing, you know, was like, oh, this guy's obviously going to show back up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like from my internet.
0: So uh uh-huh, yeah, tell us what you that,
2: learned. Uh, <laughs> that there's a, a manuscript of one of the former books where you can see the margin notes from the editor and from George R. R. Martin and the editor asks, "Is Cold Hands Benjamin? And he says, "No." Right. So in the books, apparently, this is not what's supposed to be happening. But in the after the episode feature with yeah. the show creators last night, didn't they watch. call him Cold Hands Benjamin.
0: Cold Hands is sort of a,
2: a compound name. Right. So that's and, and, why I say yes.
0: In and just to point it out, one of the things that the showrunners have done a lot is is compound characters. Uh, take uh, take a, a, an established character and give him the role that a new character in the book plays, just to keep things from getting. I mean, because the, the the number of characters in the books expands exponentially. It's like rabbits reproducing <laughs> in an enclosed space. There's just ta- they would just take over. They wouldn't be able to feed the actors. There's not enough food in Northern Ireland to <laughs> cater. The craft services you would need if they actually cast all the roles in the book. So it would make make sense that they say, well, here's Ben and so we're going to make him cold hands and give him the same role.
1: It is interesting to think that while we did have that revelation, Peter, to your argument, nothing actually happened beyond that.
0: No, there was a lot of information shared. Yeah. So yes is what I'm saying. Yes. When I said no, I meant You disagreeing yes, with me. I was there was doubt with you. We We're very in little the history happened. of Westeros. Yes.
2: <laughs> including for the first time we did see the Mad King. Yes, that was very that cool. That was kinda cool. I it, liked that.
0: It came back it was really it was in um it was in Brand's sort of vision and you saw him burn them all and all the the what, what do they call that? The the quick, Wild, Wildfire? Wildfire, thank you. I, it's impossible to say wildfire now without thinking of the heroine of the Lego movie. That's true.
2: Yes. That's good.
0: There you are. Anyway, and so you saw Eris, the Mad King yelling, burn them all. And I think you even saw a shot of the younger Jamie Lannister killing you him. You did. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then you saw them pouring the very green liquid into clay pots, which is the wildfire, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also think we saw pretty much everything else we saw was a flashback for us, the audience, because yeah. he, Bran was seeing things that he hadn't witnessed, but we had like Daenerys and her dragons, et cetera, et cetera. But we also saw uh, a little tiny, tiny Tower of Joy
0: moment didn't. I didn't even notice it.
2: With young With young Ned Stark, and then he says, where's my sister? And then you see what looks like a woman's hand covered in a bed of blood Ooh. with a large incision on her side Ooh. and a male hand reaching for that hand. I which, did not see that. Yeah.
1: Mm. You got to go frame by frame. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> These are the things <laughs> Trisha
0: does. Here's the interesting thing. One of us, either me who didn't see it or you who did is wasting their time. (laughs) (laughs) Which could it be?
1: (laughs) We'll leave that up to the audience. I think so. All right, so that's Brand's
0: flashbacks. We're still really at the beginning of this episode, this lame-ass episode.
1: (laughs) Okay, so then a wagon to Horn Hill. Oh, A very nice wagon. It was a lovely wagon. I feel like wagon isn't even really the appropriate...
0: No, they're called wheelhouses. There it is. Yeah, in the book. I don't think they would really work because I think the horses wouldn't be able to move them.
1: Wait, but isn't the wheel... What is that phrase? Isn't that like, that's my wheelhouse? Yes. Although <laughs> that's, a different, kind of
0: that's a different kind of wheelhouse. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah we right saw Varys and
2: Tyrion go from Pentos to somewhere in a in wheelhouse. wheelhouse. In right. and,
0: and, and the very first episode when King Robert and his retinue arrives in mm-hmm. Winterfell to start this whole thing off, they show up in a wheelhouse. A big one, a royal one.
2: A big, a big wheelhouse. A big
0: it is right in his wheelhouse.
2: I like that this is being called Gilly's pretty woman moment. Yes. Oh dear. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see that
0: she did look a little awkward.
2: I mean, everyone does in a dress like that, right? With I guess this so. Weird stuffy shoulders, and then like it's hard to walk, and mm-hmm. heels are. I mean, she's wearing heels for the first time, which is funny. They went just to the edge of making that a little too campy, like her mm-hmm. struggling to walk mm-hmm. in that dress. But mm-hmm. I liked it; it was fine. No. We need a little comic relief. I did think that that incest baby is real cute.
1: Sam. Sam. Little yeah. Sam, the incest Sam.
0: baby. Yeah, yeah, I actually have a like note ac- in my, uh, one of the notes I have. is like, what a great baby yeah, actor. Yeah, he's
1: a really cute little baby. If there baby.
0: were Oscars for cute baby actors yeah, and this were a movie, thus eligible for Oscars, he could get one. I'll stop now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i mean as you said peter i don't think any of us were surprised at how horrible sam's dad was yes. honestly i kind of thought maybe he was going to be worse
0: he was pretty bad
1: i mean he was bad but it was you know i mean he, he was, didn't was, say was i will like,
0: kill these people yeah
1: it was all bluster i thought yeah
0: although know? again what a great evil british actor
2: yeah yeah <laughs> There We're was, using them a, all up over the course there, of the show. I mean, there I, are none left.
0: I know there is this this a whole notion that's in like Jaguar ads about British villains. But seriously, <laughs> is there like a British school of acting of dramatic villainy arts that produces these guys? Yeah,
2: there's got to be it's people like, who yeah. major in disappointed fathers.
0: Exactly. Gosh, there's so many of them. But yeah, that was a I don't know his name. He's bald. Thanks a lot again.
2: Oh, you always
0: make the bad guys bald. His face was so perfect. Oh, it was great. Because it was just
1: like, oh, you're just the crabbiest human on earth. You're a terrible <laughs> you know? human
0: being. Just like, Mah. And it's also hard, I, not that I anybody cares, because this all was predictable and not that interesting. <laughs> but it did strike me as odd that such an incredibly unpleasant person would have such a nice wife.
2: I thought that mm-hmm. was weird, too, especially mm-hmm. like he seems so vicious, but she speaks up. Yeah. Right. Or and he so doesn't get she's mad not really afraid of him. Yeah. It felt a little more like a sitcom marriage than a exactly. Game of Thrones marriage.
0: In, in real life, really, really horrible people do not stay married to really, really nice people. Or at, at least, least
2: everyone's afraid of them or no one's afraid of them. Exactly. But to have just the one whipping boy son and have the other siblings and like the daughter talks back to him in a kind yeah, of aggressive totally. way yeah. saying yeah. like, Craister's actually a better father than their father and all this stuff. And he goes, enough of that as sort of a tame, you know, he doesn't like, Slam anything or do anything. Yeah. And then Tarly, it's just like, because you are overweight, I will destroy your ego. Like, it, yeah. It
1: was pretty. That moment when the mother asks Sam if he wants any more rolls, it was like, man, I just want that dad to say something about carbs.
2: Not fat enough already. I traveled south under orders from the Lord Commander. He wants me to. I read your letter. You ought to be, um, Mister. Yes, and, and, and once I have my chain. I'll return to Castle
1: Black. I thought the Night's Watch might make a man of you. Something resembling a man, at least. You managed to stay soft and fat, your nose buried in books. Spending your life reading about the achievements of better men. I'll wager you still can't sit a horse. Wield a
0: sword? Randall, to be maester of the Night's Watch is a great honour. He can wield a sword.
1: He killed a then. Killed a white walker.
0: (laughs) There's no such thing.
1: I saw it with my own eyes on our way down to Castle Black. He drove a dagger into the walker's heart. He risked his own life to save mine more than once. He's a greater warrior than either of you will ever be.
0: You're right, Tricia. Exactly, in that it's like a sitcom family with a crabby old mean dad and the nice mom and the hot dumb son, exactly. the fat son, exactly. But <laughs> in, in such a sitcom, his name usually... is Dickon,
2: by the way. That brother's name is Dickon. Is it really <laughs> yes, like Rickon but Dick?
0: There you are. <laughs> his name is Dickon. That's so perfect.
2: I think we but, should just stop but, right there. I know we've done
0: enough. In, in a sitcom family, there's not the threat of violent death hanging over it, and there is here because we remember. That the father had threatened to kill Sam and has did so again. Yeah, yeah.
1: How annoyed were you when Sam was like, "Well, I guess it's all just terrible," and then he leaves, and then like two seconds later, he like Comic storms relief. in.
0: Comic relief. Uh, come on, it's Sam. Like, well. forget
1: these people. Yeah, I did like seeing him steal that sword. That's
0: and you realize, and he's to use a, a video game um, term, he's equipped. Now with a Valyrian yeah. sword, which... They are so, going to come in handy. Which might come well in handy at Heart the zombie Spain. apocalypse. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, bravos! Let's go to bravos, where we more
0: see... More acting.
1: More acting about acting, more mm-hmm. plays yeah. within plays. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do think... Actually, Peter, we got a voicemail about this that we're not going to listen to. But I do think part of the device of these plays is to inform Arya about things that have happened that she did not see. Hm. Um, And actually we were talking with Robert, our gallant producer earlier, and he also had a pretty good point, which is even if it's just setting up how terrible a person Tyrion is, I do think like she is garnering information from those plays that she wouldn't have otherwise.
0: It's quite possible. I mean, it will save those what's happened with you since I was away Mm -hmm. conversations, (laughs) which inevitably are coming. Um, I don't. I, this, I don't think there was anything in the play that would have surprised her. She was. I did enjoy how much she laughed when Joffrey died.
2: Yeah, and that little moment where she realized, oh, I'm inappropriately laughing at the death. <laughs> yes, that was pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. Was pretty, I
0: mean, she knew. She must know, since everybody knows that King Joffrey died he, mm-hmm. and presumably was assassinated by his uncle Tyrion, who was put on trial for that crime. So it couldn't have been news to her. But this is all irrelevant.
2: So is Arya joining She's, the theater? I don't Has she know. She found a new calling.
0: It's possible.
2: It would all just be farting, belching, and slapping without you. How would you change it? The Queen loves her son, more than anything. And he was taken from her before she could say goodbye. She wouldn't just cry. She would be angry. She would want to kill the person who did this to her.
0: What's your name? Mercy you have very expressive eyes mercy wonderful eyebrows do you like pretending to be other people
1: i think she you might. have
0: very That's expressive eyebrows might be my favorite line of the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> because it's true yeah. Maisie yeah williams has some pretty serious eyebrow action going on her eyebrow game is on point <laughs>
2: When did you realize that she wasn't going to do it?
0: I, I, I realized it, I think, two episodes ago when I predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For you me, know. it
2: was sealed when she said her name was Mercy. That felt yes. a little on the nose. Uh, yes. But it was also yeah. like a, a hat tip to the fact that like, she had officially, officially made her decision when yes. she said,
0: my name is Mercy. Yes. And, she, and then I also thought, did you notice the little moment when she walked by and she saw her father's, her, rather the fake Ned Stark head? Yeah. And she looked at him and goes, mm. and then she said, my father's waiting for me. So everything's sort of laden.
2: And she went and got needle, which has survived, yeah. piled up in some rocks. Mm-hmm. But then, did she go back to sleep at the yeah. house of black and white? Is I that watched she is? that.
0: I watched that three times because <laughs> I was trying to figure out a where she was. Was she in her chamber in the house of black and white? Which would be a mistake.
2: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and what, yeah. what
0: happens is, is so you know they have the prior scene with Jack and Hagar and the Waif, as we found out, she's called, and uh, the Waif's like, "Told you." And he's like, all right, go kill her, but try not to make her suffer. And she goes.
2: (laughs) And you have to do it because I'm busy taking the face off this guy. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: And then you cut to um, Arya in her chamber, wherever it is with her light. The music is like threat music, threat music, threat music, threat music, threat music. Arya looks around as if she heard something. (laughs) Is there a wave coming to kill me? And then she blows up the candle. End of threat music. End of scene. That's all we see of Arya. So we don't know where she was sleeping or what's going on. But they're trying to make us think, ooh, we're worried about Arya.
2: Yeah, they played with shadows, and it was like, is that her shadow? Is that somebody yeah.
0: else's shadow? I felt, like I said, in general, I thought this episode had a lot of a lot of more overt manipulation of our feelings in the audience than I'm used to. There was another musical cue mm. that I noticed, and I never noticed yeah. the musical cues, because they're not that obvious. It, it was, well, we'll skip ahead a bit, to King's Landing. It's the climactic scene oh, yeah.
1: where they've
0: shown up, totally. and they're th- pointing the spears, uh-huh. and and they're saying, we want, we want Marjorie and, and Sir Loras, and I can't give it to you. And the music is building. Ba-bum, ba-bum, there's going to be violence, bum bum ba-bum. And then he says, but we're not going to have a walk of shame today. End of music. <laughs> <laughs> wah, <Wah-wah>. wah. <laughs> like,
2: guys.
0: <laughs> guys. Yeah.
2: All right, well, we will get to King's Landing in just a minute. listening to Nerdette Recap's Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. I'm Trisha Bobita here with Greta Johnson and Peter Sagal. Armies!
0: This Armies. was
1: boring. You know what the most exciting part I thought in town yeah. was Jamie riding the horse up the stairs. Oh yeah. That, that was, a, was cool. That, <laughs> that,
0: was, that was a, what's the word? You know? That was
1: pretty exciting. That was pretty
0: cool. I could, oh yeah? I can ride a horse upstairs. Yeah. That'll yeah, show you. I'm just the one really
2: half flight, not all the way up. <laughs> yeah, it was, we're yeah. going to take a little rest here.
0: God, is it very listening. hard to get a... To, I'm just wondering. I don't know much to about get horses. To a horse upstairs? To make a horse go right upstairs. You have to train I a horse imagine. to eat it.
1: So. Do you remember that Garrison Keillor, there's a Prairie Home Companion story about a, a cow that walks upstairs? Sorry, I fell asleep you were talking about And then it dies, and then they have to figure out how to get the cow down the stairs after it's dead. I think they cut it into pieces. It's a really is, intense Prairie This home is companion. the
0: first Prairie Home Companion Game of Thrones crossover
1: <laughs>
0: well, You're I'm, welcome. I'm Sir Keeler.
2: <laughs> I did read somewhere last night Sir that Garrison. they think it may have been a stuntman because it's considered a very dangerous thing to do. Oh. So I think even a well-trained horse maybe sometimes falls over or something.
1: So where'd you, how'd you Google to get
2: that? Um, I just read everything that came up in Google News for like two pages <laughs> after I typed a Game of Thrones recap. Yeah. Okay. That's what I do on Sunday nights. So you didn't do like Lannister horse stares? No, it wasn't that specific of a Google.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you found it. That makes me very happy.
2: But they were unsure. They this were was unsure. Just someone's musing. So, where are we now?
0: Is
1: anyone surprised that the the crown and the faith are now united?
0: I saw this coming. That you know, we saw a couple of scenes with. And by the way, I'm not bragging; I'm expressing disappointment. <laughs> These guys Sometimes get paid a lot to... more than I am, so they should come up with more interesting plot. But uh, we saw this uh, Tommen being seduced, if you will—a uh, a loaded word to use around the priests—with um, <laughs> by uh, the High Sparrow. And then, you know, there's that scene with Marjorie. Yeah. What is Marjorie up to? He's
2: helped me. What are you talking about? You're a good person. You've always been a good person. You're the best person I know. <laughs> I-, I was just telling them about your
0: devotion to the poor. Ah, yes, I visited their hovels and I fed them soup and I made sure I was seen doing it. I never gave them what they really needed, though. I've had lots of time to think about how good I was at seeming good.
1: All those stories I told myself about who I was and why I did the things
0: I did. There were so many lies in those stories.
2: I don't understand. It's all
0: right. It really is. It's such a relief to let go of those lies. So I don't think she drank the Kool Aid. She's pretended to be. Yes. So why did she. seems converted. Yeah. Because I was watching. The scene. I mean, she when she came out for her walk of shame, she must have known it was not gonna happen. Well, she Be- got
2: to keep her hair. That she, was a pretty. I good noticed indicator. that as
0: well. Uh, she she must have known it was it was not going to happen. So was it? And there's a lot of questions. <laughs> did, when the 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 high sparrow came out, did he intend to say, "Oh, it's time for her walk of shame," but we're not going to do that because instead,
2: behind door number.
1: Here's King yeah, Tommen. I think so.
0: Or was that his move only when Jamie Lannister at all showed up in I armor? I
1: mean, maybe he was able to predict that this would be the time that everybody would show up contentiously. Yeah.
0: To to itch for a fight. So so presumably this is what's happened. He has gotten Tommen under his control. We shall with have the help of Marjorie. With the help of Marjorie. Mm-hmm. So Marjorie wants. So Marjorie, who has every reason in the world to hate the High Sparrow. Uh, and, and they did that little f- that flashback in the previously on to show her to s- saying to Loras, we, g- we have it to be strong, we've got to win. Mm-hmm. So she's on her game, whatever her game is. She's not acting desperately. So she says to herself, all right, I'm going to influence my sad little excuse of a husband to admire and throw in his alliance with the High Sparrow I'm going to do that. I am going to embrace the High Sparrow or have Tommen embrace him, which is what she's doing. To what ultimate end?
1: Maybe she knows it means the downfall of the
0: Lannisters. Sure right. does. So, yeah, that, that that was suggested to me. She just
2: a, picked the winning horse, right?
0: Yeah, as it were. The, not, not the one that can run up the stairs. Right. A different horse. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's what she's always done. Right. She was Renly's bride, and then when he lost, she went and found a new king, and now she realizes the High Sparrow is the most powerful guy in the room, and so she's sidled up to him. Right. That's what she does. And the immediate
0: consequence of that sequence of events was Jamie Lannister being thrown out of the Kingsguard.
2: Yep. Yeah that and is new nameplates for the Kingsguard exciting. with the seven yeah. with the crown. Very nice, very quick work was uh, done.
0: Again, much <laughs> much with much with the uh much with these uh masks of the Sons of the Harpies over in, in Mirren, <laughs> oh, they yeah. they sure can do those costume changes to indicate alliances really quick. Like there is somewhere in this mythical land some real i mean maybe like offshore you know they do it in like the SOs equivalent of vietnam where they have or china you know they have some really you know efficient factories going they mm-hmm. can just ship it over oh we need breastplates for the kingsguard except they have a seven-pointed start yep got them
2: yep and they got to put that new seal on the breastplates and on like the goblets and, yeah you know
0: so it's like that it happens really quickly and and who were all those armored guys um around common in the in the courtroom scene Were they who are they Face militant
2: they're, Kingsguard
1: they, is it the same more, thing now
0: I don't know nor what happened to the Lannister armies what I mean we had understood that the king was protected by Lannister forces well where are they and and did somehow the king command the Lannister forces to turn on Jamie Lannister it's all very confusing
1: it is confusing. I do think it's promising. I mean, I know it was just a couple of episodes ago that I was complaining about how boring Jamie was being. And now he's leaving King's Landing. I think he's going to end up teaming back up with Brienne, right, in Riverrun? They're going to face off.
0: that in Well, th- in the books, again, and who knows how relevant this is, they have a fateful meeting. And in fact, in a weird way, I felt like this episode was... Intended to sort of force steer us back toward a book plot line. Like with Cersei's tell that whole scene where Cersei is saying, You must leave and you must show our enemies. And I'm thinking to myself, I know you need to do this for the sake of the larger plot, but I don't buy you as a character doing this. Why would Cersei? Who is all about the immediate moment, having vengeance upon her enemies right now, no matter what the long term cost may Mm -hmm. be? That, if there's anything that defines Cersei, she's not a good long term planner, as opposed to, say, (laughs) Marjorie. She doesn't take the long view. Why? I just, that whole scene where you should leave and you should take a Lannister army and you should march hundreds of miles away from us. To do this symbolic act that I see somehow in the future will give us advantage as a family, I didn't buy that at all. Not No fault of the actress. It's what she was at, required to do. But it just it, it felt mechanical in a way that the plots in this show generally aren't.
2: But we do need Jamie to get to Riverrun because that's where everybody's going. That's
0: exactly it. We need Jamie to get to Riverrun. Quick, somebody write me a scene in which yeah. Cersei convinces him to go. All right, that's the best I can do. All right, that'll have to do.
1: I mean, it's gonna be good though. I'm excited For even everyone. I feel like even if the the execution was sloppy, I feel like the it'll it'll come together
0: right well possibly you know and then there can we move on to that that I thought almost hilarious scene in in the uh, with Sir Walter Frey, who never apparently yeah. leaves that room.
1: yeah, that's just whenever we see so. him,
0: he's in that room.
1: I just wrote Walter Frey so mad.
0: He's always <laughs> mad. And I always enjoy seeing Walter Frey because I remember him in the Harry Potter movies. Yes, and this, and this is what I imagine. He's imagined. Filch, right? He's Filch, and I, that I always oh, imagine. Yeah. That this is what Filch is when he's back in his own. You know, when he—that's how he talks, as opposed to his muttering. Anyway, um, I, I, he had this line. It says, "Well, it's time to remind him." Who the red wedding, who the groom of the red wedding actually Mm -hmm. was. And it's almost, he could have turned to the camera and said, I'm also reminding you. (laughs) Because people talk about the red wedding and we forget who got married.
2: Yes. And who's been in the dungeon apparently since.
0: And looking looking pretty bad. Yeah. Not as bad as some of the other people. Not as bad as Loris.
2: Not as bad as Loris and certainly not as bad as Jamie when he was often covered
0: in mud for like two seasons. Mud is a euphemism here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: But yeah, so we have everybody heading to River Run. As the proxy battle for everything that's been going on.
0: For what it's worth, that is a uh, plot point in the book. There is, in fact, a confrontation at Riverrun between Jamie and uh, Blackfish, who has, in fact, taken the castle. I don't know what will proceed now.
2: Nothing happens by accident in the dialogue of the show, though, when they name drop sort of A. houses and things. So hearing Brotherhood without banners. Yep. Yes. And that list yep. of who's fighting with the blackfish. Yes. Kind of, at least not fighting against the blackfish. Your,
0: your, your Lady Stoneheart radar went off, didn't it? Yeah. Tristan? Yeah. yeah. Um, we said this on, on the radio the other day here at BEZ, but I think I think Lady Stoneheart might finally be coming back. Yes. There are indications. Brienne is heading to the Riverlands. In the books, she encounters Lady Stoneheart in the Riverlands. Uh, she's leading the Brotherhood without banners. Uh, and we just heard for the first time in... Seasons. Yeah. The name of the Brotherhood of the Banners. So it's all pointing toward that. In fact, I, I, I might even say that it could be the big climactic surprise of this season. Because mm. we have three more episodes to go. Four. 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 But and yeah,
1: it's it's all coming to an end, really. It is. You We're can coming see it all climax. moving towards yeah. I think the other really obvious name drop I guess it's not quite a name drop, but the other really obvious kind of like huge hint we got. Was with Danny and the hordes on their way to Marine when she asks Dario how many ships she would need yeah. to get the hordes. Mm, about a thousand. But I think it would take about a thousand ships. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah, because there's, there's some ships heading your way. Aren't those ironborn? Yeah. Didn't they have a thousand ships?
0: Isn't Lafayette coming back with sh- guns and ships? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, getting oh. confused again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I do think that's that was kind of.
0: A hilarious little nugget, too. Yes, it is. Although, uh, we, have we gotten there yet?
1: Yeah, I'm... I think it's time. Yeah. Time, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, um, yeah, that whole scene with, I mean, as we said before, mm. how many times do we need Danny shouting things at, in Dothraki? It's Are like, you oh, with me? Yeah. She gets her dragon back. Oh, okay.
1: Also, and I think we're going to, I don't know if today is the day, but something that is worth talking about is the white savior thing happening <sighs> with Daenerys. Yeah. We got a, you know? we got a,
0: did we get an email about that?
2: We did get an email about that. Yeah, yeah, this is
0: this is a longer discussion which we can have. It might be interesting.
2: Yeah, I think we should talk about that because it's especially with Danny and then Tyrion right. on top of yeah. what's going on in Marine. It really has felt like I mean, it makes Tyrion look dumb when he says things like I understand slavery because I was held captive for a week and a half right. to Grey Worm and Missandei. But yeah, it's it's a problem of the show and I, I don't I guess now the Dothraki are more have more agency in what they're doing, and and you know, let's not forget, Danny is trying to end slavery wherever she finds it, right? So yeah. she as is... the white savior, yeah, right. There, there, yeah. There, this I mean, it's, up... it's like well-intentioned but problematic storytelling.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, this brings up this this larger issue, which I haven't seen discussed, but it's sort of sitting there, which is I don't want to call it racism. Let's just say the Northern European orientation of fantasy fiction.
2: That's racism. Go on.
0: (laughs) And it exists, and it exists for good reason. Good meaning historical, not, you know, yay, this is a good thing to do. Modern sword and sorcery fantasy, what we think of when we think of fantasy fiction, was more or less invented by J.R.R. Tolkien with a big help from C.S. Lewis. And those guys swam in a kind of northern European attitude in a way that a fish swims in water. They... Of course, that's all. That's what they cared about. They were British men of the early to mid 20th century. Tolkien himself was a student of northern European languages and sagas, the Norse, the Germans, the Danes. He studied that stuff. He knew their languages. He decided to create his own languages based on them and then to write his own sagas. So, of course, his stuff is all about varieties of white people. And the villains, I think in Lord of the Rings, it wasn't blatantly this, but there's a lot of, whatever you want to call it, Orientalism, i.e., the the dangerous Far East, racism, the dusky hordes. They talk about, you know, how these various Eastern tribes are coming to the aid of Sauron. There's an even more explicit kind of unpleasantness in the last book of the Chronicles of Narnia, in which, Moorish villains are walking with essentially Satan. Again, there's also a lot of Catholicism in it. So yes, white, light, white Northern European types are good. Dusky savages are bad. This This was just the world they lived in. It was reflected in their myths, it was reflected in their stories, it was reflected probably in their politics. All the stuff is inherited by George R. R. Martin. He wants to change many things about Tolkien, which he loved. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Issues of sex, issues of evil, issues of politics. Great. He's also working from European history. Great. We know all this. And all of that stuff passes through. You know, we still have uh, Westeros, which is based on medieval England. So everybody has a British kind of name, and they're all descended from the same... Uh, They're called the Andals. school. The same same acting 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 school. (laughs) school. They're all descended, in in his mythos of Westeros, they're all descended from the Andals, which are a white race. In fact, um, I think our friend uh, David Peterson, when he was talking about the languages, talked about how the fact the Andals are supposed to be like the Anglo-Saxons. Right. And the Rhoynish, who come from the area of the Rhoyne, are like... The, the southern Europeans, but still white guys. So that's his mythos. It's white guys, came from the other continent, founded this continent, so everybody on Westeros is white. I'm sorry. I still don't <laughs> know why. I think there was opportunity, though, for the TV showmakers to, to, to play with that. For example, is there any reason in the world that the invented character that was um, Sir King Rob's wife, I forget her name, invented for the TV show
2: from Volantis from
0: Volantis and mm-hmm. e- why couldn't she have been of another race? I mean, people didn't like her anyway and she came to that just end, that could have been part of it. I I I think they could have done more. And Shay and, is also a and Shay, Shay could yeah, have, we been have a part of Dario quote, could have monofarner <inaudible> foreigners yeah. to
2: Westeros who are still white actors. Yeah, there yeah. there
0: could have been characters, actors representing other races that could have worked perfectly well within I think the larger context of this world and they chose not to do it i kind of wish they had
2: yeah it's something that the the show isn't going to solve for if it's that inherent in the books but it is disappointing to see casting decisions that could have gone a slightly different way also we see things like we have this great warrior guard in Dorne, who as you mentioned peter in yes. a previous episode is in one half of one scene yeah and then gets mowed down by a poison dart. I think.
0: Yeah. No. Actually, I think he's stabbed in the back with a spear. I don't yeah, quite remember. But Yeah. But yeah. And yeah. But something
2: like you know, he doesn't get a great battle or anything. Even he doesn't get to. He doesn't get to do much. He's basically a giant bodyguard who goes down in one mm-hmm. in one blow. Mm-hmm.
0: The only the only like non white character I can think of who had a significant role was uh, this guy who was hanging around during I think season two in Essos somewhere where uh, 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 Danny stumbles into the the karth maybe the house of the whatever oh yeah yeah you remember him and then he gets locked in a chamber yeah he's he's the traitor
2: the merchant who uh has become the richest man in karth by sort of playing on people yeah he's an interesting fellow yeah
0: and it was nice to see him but we haven't seen anybody of that import good or evil who's not a white guy for a long time
1: yeah yeah and then to just see danny on that dragon in front of you know yeah a, a horde of people, you know, and they're actually using the term horde and everything, and all it takes is her on a dragon and they're all ready to die for. Her. It just feels a little problematic. Yeah. To
2: be fair, though, if you, on just this one specific point, mm-hmm. if you had seen her emerge from flames unhurt and then riding a giant dragon. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't you go, yeah, 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 you're in charge, you're in charge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but, yeah, But I there just is, think, the, the, you know.
0: You know, it's, it goes back to Tarzan of the apes. Yeah. White guy comes in, conquers, is the leader of these peoples in this yeah. dusky place. It's hell. It's, um, of all things, Avatar is the same damn story. Yeah. How these savages, for all their nobility, need some white guy, one yeah. of us, to come yeah. in and lead and, them to glory. And, you know,
1: the thing, too, with the Dothraki is, like, I mean, even in Avatar, there. Well, never mind. I don't want to draw any parallels to Avatar. But I mean, with the Dothraki, like this isn't their fight. You know what I mean? Like, I guess the the fact that she would free them. Well, they're not slaves necessarily. I don't know if I'm really arguing this well, but I just feel like like the Dothraki would be fine if they didn't have anything to do with this, and yeah. she's talking them into like interfering in a world that they just don't even have to exist in. Yeah, I actually
0: had that thought. I mean, it's like she said, you're going to come with me and you're going to tear down their stone houses and kill the men in the iron suits. Then what are they going to do? Yeah. They like to ride around on grassy plains and eat horse. And, you know, they're not going to be happy in Westeros. Well,
2: this goes to the fact that more and more I'm feeling like Danny's actually the villain, not the
0: hero of the series. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Justify that, birthday girl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On my name day, I shall say. (laughs) What is Danny's actual endgame? To go and just murder a bunch of people so she can have the Iron Throne. She's she's going to sacrifice a bunch of Dothraki, a bunch of freed slaves' yeah. lives so she can have a throne and then do what? And also, is she really going to be able to stop slavery from returning to Slaver's Bay? Obviously not. So she's not making a lasting impact on people's lives, even where she is trying to rule. And so she's going to just move on with those people back in chains and kill a bunch of people in Westeros who are just as innocent as the Dothra- as, as the Dothraki or anybody else because they're just peasants in this silly war. Well. So why does she get to just be the crazy Targaryen on the throne? She's just going to be the next mad king. She's going to be the mad
0: queen. She's not mad.
2: She's a little, she's a little unhinged. Angry. I'm taking well, what's mine. This well, whole idea that it's
0: hers. Yeah. Why is it hers? Well, yeah. says to her, you weren't meant to sit on a... chair and rule, you were meant to conquer, so maybe he agrees with you. There's this whole supposition shared by some characters, as well as viewers of the TV show, that, that Daenerys coming back to Westeros, the Seven Kingdoms, and the Iron Throne will have a number of good effects. A, restoring peace and stability to the Seven Kingdoms, which have been basically peace warfare. as long
2: as the dragons aren't hungry near you
0: exactly but still <laughs> that's varus's point Varys wants stability their tagarian restoration to stop all this warfare and, and internecine bloodshed um and also the notion that she will somehow unite the people of the seven kingdoms and turn their eyes north to defeat the zombie army which as um davos told us in the next on game of thrones once more the dead are coming so there is a there is a supposition throughout that Danny coming back and taking back what's hers whatever her motivation is in fact a good thing.
1: It is really funny to me to think that whoever comes back and takes the iron throne like yeah everyone is just going to agree then and it's just going to be settled. And and then there will be peace in the realm. Like, yes. obviously, after watching six seasons of this show, like, that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, everybody will drops. be fine. Everybody like, yeah. yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. I guess if that is true, then I just care even less about, like, Cersei and Jamie and the Lannisters. Oh, yeah. Like, none, none of these other mere mortal characters who don't have a bunch of magic at play for them. Totally. Who don't have a red priest who can bring them back from the dead and who don't have dragons. Yeah. They're all just ticking time bombs to death, right? Like, they're right. all just...
0: Everybody's well, going to yeah. die. I
1: mean, it's a matter of seeing how the pieces fall in terms of their storylines to yes. facilitate... To, I mean, that's why, like, Wet Dorn is boring because it's Wet Dorn, but also, like, they have a thousand ships. Like, that that storyline yeah, is directly Oh, I'm sorry. I was, then, thinking, you know?
0: I was thinking Dorn is a thousand. No, Wet Dorn. Is a Wet th- Dorn. Yeah, the know? Iron Islands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's why they matter, you know? And I'm right. sure to that extent, that's why the land... Of, because they are... Creating their own downfall, which will be useful, right? Well,
0: you just actually raised an interesting point, which is that are we heading for essentially a Hamlet ending where a ghost and a prince meet and everybody ends in mincemeat, i.e. everybody (laughs) will end up dead? (laughs) Surely you've heard that line before. Yes, I
2: know. It fit really well and I liked how well it fit. Yeah, you did Um, a nice job.
0: And uh, so are we, I mean, is there at this point a, a, a potentially satisfying ending? For this TV show, I mean, I mean, we talked once about many, I think, last season about the end of Breaking Bad, and how I thought the end of Breaking Bad was an excellent ending for that TV series because the guilty were punished, um, the the innocent were set free, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a potentially good ending for this show that would leave everybody going, yes, that's right, that's how it should have ended. It was all worth it. I'm glad I went on this journey, these many, many seasons and many, many hours of TV mm-hmm. watching.
2: I think that this story fell into the same hole that Lost did before the show even started. Which is, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but my understanding is that this was supposed to be a trilogy of books. Yes, that George R. R. Martin couldn't, couldn't edit fit down enough. Too much stuff was happening. <laughs> well, yeah. no, he just couldn't. Didn't have an editor who could tell him how I, to write it into a trilogy because all writers would do that if they could, yes. right? So well, he didn't have an editor who could keep the story on track. So Alla lost, which went sort of beyond where it was supposed to. So we've had, you know, he wanted to do a five-year time jump so that we didn't have to watch Arya fighting with sticks for a season. Right. Right? You know, th- these kinds of, or, or just sort of have, you know, he wanted the characters to grow up faster in his narrative. And instead, that didn't work. So it didn't work in the show. So we have these long journeys where we miss Bran for a whole season where Arya is doing basically nothing for a couple of years. Really? Because, yeah, because the, the story, like the story sort of got too big and then he couldn't rein it back in. And so the TV show is dealing with that same thing that he dealt with in the
0: books. There's a lot of different agendas going on. He has always said that he has known from the beginning how it was going to end, although how exactly he got there, he often says is surprising to him. Like something will happen. Oh, yeah, that should happen. And so there seems to be coming from him a combination of I'm making it up as I'm going along, but I know where I'm going. It's just taking me too long to get there. But the um,
2: journey that a lot of these characters are taking is like the little kid in those family circus cartoons where it's just like, dot, 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 and then <laughs> around and around and around and around well, and around and
0: around. That's, that's part of the charm, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to watch an epic fantasy that finished quicker there, you know, just go watch Krull, I guess, <laughs> which, by the way, I tried to watch oh, it yeah. after mentioning last week's episode. Oh, my God, the terrible <laughs> <laughs> I mean you
1: can say it was bad. Yeah,
0: yeah, I didn't remember how incredibly how bad, bad <laughs> really it is. Funny. It's really bad. I mean, it's 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 so bad that you're watching it and, and you realize that everybody making these really excellent things like Game of Thrones and many other things that we're watching, a uh, Lord of the Rings, they all grew up like I did watching incredibly crappy movies <laughs> like Crawl <laughs> and being incredibly disappointed and saying, I bet I know how to do that better. I think there's a tremendous reaction going on in filmmaking and TV making now to the crap of our youth.
2: (laughs) To the crap of our youth. That's nice. Seriously. In just a minute, we'll hear from you via voicemail.
1: Okay, it's voicemail (laughs) o'clock. Let's start with the one, Peter, you probably know where this is going. Let's start with the one called Whiny. Hey,
2: guys. Thanks so
1: much for the latest episode. I love your podcast, but I have to say this week, if I had my own patriarchy jingle, I would have played it a lot earlier on Peter when he was saying that Sansa was whiny. It reminded me of when people say Hillary
2: is shrill or basically any woman who is standing up for herself. So it's about time Santa stood up to Littlefinger, and I do not call that whiny. Thank you. Keep up the great work, guys. Bye.
0: Peter,
1: I know this is something that you have kind of already encountered on the interwebs, but I figured it couldn't hurt. And to a certain
0: extent, owned up to it, because I do think that I should not have said the word whiny. I regretted it. Uh, it More because it implies that her complaint was not valid. And I think considering what happened to her, we need to give a little bit I needed to give a little bit more respect. I think rape victims, even completely fictional ones, deserve to be respected more than I offered her. However, I think that my main point still stood, which is that I know because I'm huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> think about it. Sansa has a situation. She has now said, I am going to, she said to John, I am going to go take back Winterfell from this horrible person. And if you won't help me, I'll do it myself. So Mm -hmm. she has committed herself to that course of action. She gets a note from Littlefinger at the beginning of last week's episode. She goes down to meet him. And what does she do? Nothing. He offers an army. She turns him down. She takes the opportunity just to tell him off. You are awful and I hate you because you are either an idiot or my enemy. Which are you? And that's, I imagine, and many people said to me on Twitter, that's great. That's important. That's empowering. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's personal growth, Mm -hmm. which is an important thing. And then there's the fact that there's a raving lunatic murderer with an army who you have to beat before he kills you. And I wished that Sansa had kept... I would have admired Sansa more, been more thrilled for Sansa, if that had been at the forefront of her attention rather than telling Littlefinger off. There would there would have been time for that after she had used him to accomplish her immediate goal, which is saving her own life and that of her brother and half ev- brother, half brother, cousin, it... everybody, possibly. <laughs> right.
2: Potential. So, that's, so
0: again, I apologize for the word. It was the wrong word. But I think insofar as I have a point to make, uh, I'll, I'll stand by the point.
2: OK, that's fair. I don't think she should have trusted his help, though. So I think that she's actually right on. Because let's remember the last time. I mean, she's she's watched him up close and with more sort of direct visual uh, uh, like uh, information. That's true, yeah. Right. Watched him push. Her right, Aunt through the
0: moon door. Shouldn't trust him. Should not trust. I'm not this saying man. she should trust him, but what I would love to see from Sansa, just as a viewer wanting to see this character come to a a, a good end, say, is to is to see her instead of rejecting him, beating him at his own game. And keep in mind, mm. there was a lot of as we discussed this on Twitter and people back and forth over the week. Well, well, he might have been lying. Maybe he was setting her up. Maybe there there wasn't a real army of of knights of the Vale. Maybe there isn't. Ah, uh, blackfish hasn't really retaken River Run. Well, we know that blackfish really took, retook River Run. That was established this last week, and even prior to that, in last week's episode, I think it began with him saying, "Gather the knights of the Vale." Yeah. So he was telling the truth to her. So maybe she didn't know that, but I think you can say with that knowledge. By rejecting that help, it's unclear that she has helped her cause, and I wish she had done so.
1: So is it worth mentioning the theory about Sansa that's out there right now? Peter, have you seen I it? I have
0: seen this theory. Somebody said, guessed it to me, that she is, in fact, pregnant Yeah, with uh, Ramsay's devil baby. <laughs> And I guess it's possible that doesn't happen in the book. But then again, in the book, Ramsey and Sansa uh, right. never, uh, uh, never are in the same place together, let right. alone anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Trisha, that has been your argument why it can't possibly be so, right? Is that it didn't well, happen in the book,
2: essentially? It, it also, it it's a confusing thing to have to handle considering that time moves in such a mysterious way in the <laughs> yeah. show like That's the true. the span of a pregnancy when it's very unclear like how much time has passed and how much time will pass between now and the end of the season it just doesn't seem like maybe something they'd want to do but then the the theory as it goes online is that you know we see her making herself some new clothes we see her unable to stomach the food at uh the wall. Yeah, those are the two. I mean, yeah, the, and, no, the food and, on the wall is notoriously yes, the, terrible. As,
0: as D- yeah, but we, says, not at all. yeah right. but we didn't have to see them That's eating true, at all. We're not known for it.
2: Yeah, but we didn't have to see them eating at all. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're choosing to have those, you know, conversation. I guess, although one of the main things that Game of Thrones is about is awkward dinners. <laughs> but it, yes. I think it's what she says to Littlefinger
1: that what is the most say? indicative. She says, I can feel what Ramsey did to
2: me in my body every day. Right. But... The reason I think that that line, if you listen to it in context, so if you if you fast forward like two more sentences mm-hmm. from there, it indicates that it's not. Is she said the things he did to me? Ladies aren't supposed to talk about, but brothel owners know them well. Right. Right. Would right. In, would imply some sort of like you know uh, sodomy with with like instruments or something like that? Something very right, vicious right. Some, and and, yeah. and dangerous that isn't because women are allowed to talk about. You know, vaginal intercourse that results in babies, that's the only kind of sex you're allowed to acknowledge exists I, in this world.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah.
0: I'm just sitting here making a face.
1: <laughs> in, in general, in general,
0: there's so much conspiracy theorizing going on right now with the show. There really
1: is. It's fascinating, and
0: it seems to have exploded this season, at least on in the interwebs. Uh, oh, you know, not. I mean, because not only are we going, we've all established that R plus L equals J, but so many others. Are t- it turns out that Tyrion's really a, a, a Targaryen, and it turns out that this is that, and it turns out that Bran is Bran the Builder, and I don't buy any of it because all of it is uninteresting.
1: You know why it's happening, though? Why? It's because the books are done. <laughs> and the people who read the books used to have the upper hand on the and spoilers. And so they're trying to make up stuff. And now they're trying to piece stuff together and know what's happening as much as they did before.
0: Surprise twists like Scooby-Doo twists. Oh, it was you all along. I
1: know. Yeah, said how, you said Are boring and
0: dumb. And I if that's where they go and I find it hard to believe that's where they go. I would be disappointed. And I think a lot of this is exactly as you say, is people who used to be able to be confident that they knew what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it was a, trying, It
1: was the nerd smug.
0: They're I trying think. to reassert some kind of control over this narrative mm-hmm. as opposed to just watching it, what happens every week, like the, like the rest of the pearls.
1: There is something interesting about the Sansa twist, which is that then she would legitimately be in charge of Winterfell
0: if she were to kill
1: Ramsay because she's carrying his heir. Wait it kind minute. of like doubles up. So then, her heir right.
2: is the well, Stark her,
0: child. Her claim, mm-hmm. her claim on Winterfell is her own. I.e., I am descended from the Starks who hold Winterfell. Therefore, I am right. heir to Winterfell. Right. She doesn't need Ramsay's yeah, claim, which is okay. totally illegitimate. Fair enough.
1: So, can I tell you my favorite ridiculous theory before we listen to another voice? You may. Someone told me that there is a theory out there that so you know the mountain has been resurrected. Yes. We have not seen his face. Right. Someone out there thinks that his head is Joffrey's head and that that's what's going to really freak out Cersei.
2: <laughs> that's the dumbest <laughs> I one love yet how in weird the it world.
1: Is. It's so ridiculous. Why i would they delighted. Do that? I don't no. know, man. I think it's so funny. Nope. Nope. Because he has blue eyes. Nope. Nope. That's why.
0: <laughs> hey, here's a little thing in the book. They do something really awful after the Red Wedding that I thought they skipped, which is that they sew the dead direwolf head onto Rob's body. Mm. It's pretty gross. And I was just going through some old clips, looking, researching something else, or seeing something else, and they actually—that is actually in the TV show. Yeah, they did it's, show that. It's very—I didn't notice it at the time. It's after the Red Wedding, and the not the mountain, but the Hound is taking Arya away, and they stop and they look over, and there's sort of a bunch of of a fray soldiers Ugh. shouting, behold the King of the North, and there's something they're carrying. And you can just tell that there's a wolf head up there. I didn't realize they had done that. That's terrible. Yeah.
1: Okay, one more voicemail.
0: Hi, this is Andre from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Big fan of the show, big fan of the Derndettes and Peter Sagel. Just calling about actually a, a past episode, episode three from this season, I was really sad that you guys didn't point out that when Master Pycelle was talking in the small council meeting about wanting to kill the mountain, and the mountain walked in in the background, there is an audible and, in fact, subtitled fart. I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. Thank you so much. What? There's a subtitled fart. Yeah, there totally is. The look on your face—you're <laughs> delighted. I am not delighted. I'm like, what? Yeah, so there you're, is. If you're watching it with closed captions yeah. on, it says fart.
1: Yeah, is that amazing? <laughs> Who
0: farts? Pysel. Pysel. Yeah,
1: the he fart just... is not attributed. Because <laughs> 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 when old men get startled, they fart. Apparently, I don't, I don't...
0: Well, you don't Pycelle think it's, would.
1: it's the mountain being indignant. It's you don't think it's like an indignant. So mountain the, is, fart? The, is the
0: is the idea that like he's so terrified when the mountain enters just after he was dissing She's the just like, mountain? Two uh, maybe it's an indication of a general loosening of the bowels. I have no idea. I, I well, thank you, caller. I had not noticed that. I thought you'd like that. I should one. watch it with closed captioning. I would be. I would understand more.
2: Yeah. The recapper and Game of Thrones writer for, I believe, Vanity Fair, uh, pointed it out and says, "Always watch with closed captions because sometimes it says things like that." Fair enough. Well,
1: on that. Thank note. you, listener. We would love for you to join the conversation as well. You can do so by calling us at 312-948-4687.
2: You can find us online at nerdetpodcast.com. We're at NerdetPodcast on Twitter. He's at Peter Sagal. I am. You can listen to us wherever you're listening to us because you already are, but we
1: would also appreciate it if you would subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on NPR One or all of that good stuff. You can just search Nerdet Recaps.
2: Throw some stars and write a review if you're feeling generous, like AC Mike, Cheryl Flo, and Jimeline did. Thanks to the three of you. Jimeline, I was going to say Jameline, but I kind of like Jimeline, says
1: uh, the funniest thing ever is Drogon hates Mondays, which we even mentioned earlier. Today, I know. So I know. That's pretty
2: good. Yes. The show is produced by us with help from our WBEZ cohort, especially Joe DeSoe and Robert Anderson. Thanks also to our interns, Maya Cole and Seabird Mallard. Joel Meyer is our executive producer. Our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music.
0: I promise to be in a better mood next week.
2: <laughs> we'll see about
0: that. I apparently, I mean, I, I just one last thing. There <laughs> is generally a policy. Of Game of Thrones, have really, really good, incredibly stunning, amazing episodes followed by lame ones. I know like the episode after the Red Wedding was pretty lame. That's why the it episode me after nuts. Hodor, <laughs> pretty lame. That's what I'm saying.
1: We'll see what happens.